Kepnes is the New York Times bestselling author of You, Hidden Bodies, Providence, and You Love Me. Her work is the basis for the wildly popular adaptation of You, currently on Netflix. She graduated from Brown University and then worked as a pop culture journalist for Entertainment Weekly and a TV writer for Seventh Heaven and the Secret Life of the American Teenager. Her newest novel, For You and Only You, is out now. Welcome to Pop Fiction Women, Caroline. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So am I. I you've been on my wish list for a few years now, mm-hmm. so we're very thrilled to have you. And look at to see the hardcover of you and your background. Like, very yes, cool. Yes. I love that cover. Oh, gosh. Story. We even yeah. tried to coordinate our black and red here. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. we're trying. We're and trying. I have the black, too. Perfect. The series of the, the show does not track the books, but there's always fun parallels, right? This book your newest one finds Joe at a university, but he's not a professor. He's a very serious writer, very mm-hmm. serious student at Harvard. So tell our listeners a little bit about wh- what they can expect from Joe in For You and Only You. Well, in every book, it's like he's entering some world and finding problems with it and then <laughs> using a woman that he likes, but using his defense of her to kind of attack all those problems. But this is, I love this book because this is where he spent his whole life feeling excluded by people who went to school and have that education and now he's getting it. And it's just fun because it's it's very like, be careful what you wish for. And I love also the ego theme of it. And he's never been projecting quite this much, like oh, just the yeah. joy of seeing him in a room with other writers who have been published and some of whom have more success than him and are ahead of him is just poison for him. So that's a delight. Oh. Yes, Here, I it hope. is. The delight comes through. Definitely. We're seeing Joe squirm. Yes. 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 So this is your fourth Joe novel, and we are thrilled to have his voice back in our heads. I mean, you write his voice with, it's just, it's so alive and so smart and so strong. But what's it like for you to get back in Joe's head? And is there like a process? Does it come as easily as it did the first time? It's always like, I feel like sometimes I get in a bad mood right before I'm about to do a lot and I don't necessarily know it. I now call it like pre-Joe syndrome oh, wow. where I get grumpy and bitchy. And I and you know when it's that double awareness when you know and you find yourself saying, I'm sorry, like, you know, you're doing yeah. it like that came out wrong and everything just doesn't work. And then I'll write for eight hours like, oh, oh. I think that by now I would have learned to identify the symptom <laughs> and kind of block out time. But I feel like it's my body's brain way of saying, well, you can't be in the world. So yeah. you're going to write. Yeah. So, and, so be Joe. Yeah. yeah. Go get in Joe's yeah. head. Yeah. Get that yeah. all out. Oh, that's and yeah, it's like, not like writing other things where it's just, it, it's the way it's so taking each second and stretching it out for this most sensitive man on the planet, you know? Oh, yes. 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 I can remember reading the very first Joe Goldberg novel, The You. I, I mean, it's one of those books and there are so few of them. I love books, but there are so few books that you can remember where you were when you were reading it and just like I, I, my mind was so blown I'm like this I've never read anything like this and I never miss my stop but I and I didn't miss my stop because I just don't but I really was checking like I was like checking every oh, second thank you. Like, and I, I hearing that is a dream because that feeling is one of the best feelings I had that like I think of it as a holiday the day that I read A Good Man by Ani Katz. And I just sat there, like, knowing that I was getting a sunburn, that I was losing, you know, flexibility in my legs, just frozen. But I can remember at least sitting there, and I love that feeling. It is. Also, where the subway is so great, and I feel like it's, like, built-in 
reading time. It is. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And and you still have it. You still have his voice so clearly. And it's not as new to me, but it is still as immersive and strong and, you know, kind of transporting you. I'm so happy to hear that because it's just scary to do a number four. Yeah. And, you know, the way it is with every book for all those pages, there are so many pages not in there from trying to get to that place. So it's, I, I so like that means the world. Oh, I love so to hear that too. Yeah. Okay, maybe you mean there. it just yes. doesn't come out fully formed, <laughs> spring out fully formed for you? For those things that do for a minute. And then I feel like the blessing of that is that you get to have that the way you thought writing would be when you were a kid. Yes, I just sat there and this poured out of me. And then there are those days where it's a grind. Ugh, yeah. And yes. or you're looking at the thing that made you feel that way and it's like, oh no, like that was just no. fun for me, but that's not it. So it's always mm. the combination of those and Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. So we love Joe, but and we have something in common with him, the preoccupation with complicated women, although very different ways. <laughs> Slightly but but still. So this book gives us quite a few of those characters, the the female characters that are Messing with him front and center is Joe's newest soulmate, Wonder Parrish, who, like Joe, doesn't have a fancy degree. She is very family-focused, working class, a job at Dunkin' Donuts, which comes up often. Or I guess it's just Dunkin' now. Uh, yeah. I her- guess was the first copy edits where I, it broke my heart. Like, oh. I'm like, it's Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, and it was right. also a language word flow thing where I'm like, Matt, like, if you change in a sentence, dunk, if you take out the donuts, it's like, rewrite yeah. the sentence time. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. But Dunkin' Rooney works beautifully. So yes. that was that was good. She her talent comes from her passion. She's an autodidact. Joe calls her good wonder hunting, which I that love. Was so good. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and needless to say Joe falls kind of hard and fast for her. And I'd love to read a little piece which by the way, kind of beginner writing, intermediate writing, they they tell you people never say what they mean, right? So you're thinking in your head all these things, but what you say is something else. And here is a masterclass in that <laughs> one moment where they're at a restaurant, the two of them. I'll read a little bit if that's okay. You sigh. Yes. I feel so bad we sat here and didn't get anything. I'm going to throw a, a 10 in the tip jar before we leave. I love you, but it's too soon to say it. Want to grab a bite somewhere? <laughs> I mean, it's like, that is a masterclass. And he's thinking, I love you. It's like page 40. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And he's like, but I can't say it. So would you like to eat something? And then yes. he goes on, you cringe like Cinderella and say you have to get home to your family and it stings a little. But I like being here in this metal chair inside this soulless fast food joint with you. I like it because it makes me know who I am, the only man who can help you bust out of your cage. Oh, Joe. Oh, Joe. Yes. Yeah. But I want to talk about Wonder. So what inspired Wonder for you? Because you have to inhabit her too, especially oh, yes. with Joe, right? Mm-hmm. Especially. You yep. have to know for her. For me, it's like it was coming full circle from the way he was with Beck and you and thinking, okay, after what happened in the last book, he had this woman who he, she had kind of lived her life and he liked that she had a daughter, that it was like walk into family time. So I wanted him to have someone who could feel like he could really build a future with. And then given why he's there... I loved that they would be in the same position because I know like people get like there's insta love bullshit, but it was like, imagine if you, if he gets there and there's a girl that it does feel like she was made for him. And then it was, okay, well, who would she be? How would she be? How would she handle the situation? And I feel like it's again, 
getting into Joe's hypocrisy is that she's so self-assured. I like that she knows what she wants. Unlike Beck, she's writing and she's really mm-hmm. like, you know, she works on her craft, but she has a plan for her life. And I, and Joe doesn't like that plan. Yeah. And the more in that first draft, that's where I kept like finding her. Yeah, this girl doesn't have that calendar in her head of like, must do this by this age, must do that by that age. And with him, it's always control. And yeah. it's like, oh, I like her because she's just, going to avoid that control but like make him feel like he is like like it's all kind of magic like she just happens to do what he wants you know yes yeah Yeah. and especially for him in that setting to be going in knowing he's going to feel like the outsider to find someone who i mean it does feel so faded for him of course like yeah and i like too that when it comes to their past they both feel that they've been kind of used by people who are more Mm -hmm. privileged in society and how that comes across in both of them and leaves them with different like personalities the way that she's kind of in that is well this is guys like this is what's going to happen shit and you know he goes and kills the people that do yeah Yeah. (laughs) so different a little bit different yeah same but different (laughs) and corinne mentioned i mean there are other complicated women in all your novels notably in this one sly and sarah beth so We'd love to hear about how you create sort of the women that surround Joe and because they're not, I mean, they're, these aren't just like sidekicks and, you know, these, they're all, every female character you create is just to us as complicated and nuanced and interesting as Joe. So, so tell us about that. So happy to hear that because that matters so much to me that it comes across because I feel like it's only interesting to, to me to see him with people if you believe that the people he's with are real. And are yeah, coming yeah. through. And yeah, with Sarah Beth, like, I just, that, I love her so much. I miss her. Like, and, yeah. and I hear her a lot. I just, yes. yeah. I liked the idea that she, also like, that she writes about all of this dark stuff and how that's affected her family and her marriage and her feelings and what Joe can learn from her. And I love that two-way street that they have going, eventually, of respect. And it was fun to show her also like go through the motions of being in that room because she, I liked her in that room because the way they all kind of look down at her, like look up at her, but down Mm -hmm. on her and how she's internalized like that, like that moment when she just kind of talks shit about herself instinctively Mm -hmm. and they kind of go with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I like how that leads to other aspects of her personality. Mm -hmm. And Sly was just like in that way of, you know, those people that like, you can remember being around them, not what, like, not exactly what happened, but that you just got that awful feeling that you were near darkness. Yes. <laughs> like, I, that was, I, I love those people that can like lay, that can work it so well when they need to. Like, I love when Joe meets her and says that she like wonder and her would hate each other, but then they would find a moment to become friends. Cause right. I feel like, yeah, but wonder's instinct there would be right. But yeah. that's like what we so often do as women. We feel like, oh, if I if I have a bad feeling about someone, I'm not being a sister. I'm not being fair. And it's like, yeah, well, that is kind of what happens, you know. Like, yeah, the slides of this world are just so good at that. And yeah. and I loved, yeah, her her dynamic with Glenn and Joe's place in that. That was just very exciting to me because it was like, I loved having this the white boys club between Joe and Glenn, mm-hmm. and yeah. only Joe. Like, I feel like in his ego would feel like, well, he's going to waltz in there and get like the star. Oh, yeah. Yes. Say, oh, well, you're the best. Like, yeah. and I liked like Sly. I wanted her just knowing, being so different about what her needs are as a writer, coming really down to that difference between what it is to sit and write and dig and tell a story and have those ups and downs as opposed to playing the 
the author, like sitting here doing this part of it. Glenn was born to do this. Yeah. And those things fascinate me, especially in modern times with where this is so much more a part of it than it ever was. That's right. And yeah. So lately, I feel like there's been a trend for novelists who write a book and then want to try their hand at screenwriting for the adaptation, or maybe there's just maybe there's a trend to be more open to it, either in film or TV. But you had kind of the reverse journey, you found success as a working writer in TV before your first novel was published. I wanted to know how you went that direction. And also, how did you teach yourself screenwriting? I took playwriting in college. But it's so different. But in that way, I took playwriting workshops and fiction writing workshops. And then eventually, I feel like I blame, not blame, but Sex in the City is one of those shows. That was the first spec I ever wrote where I was like, I want to play. It's not enough to watch it. And I lived in the neighborhood and they were shooting it at the time. And so I wrote like a, you know, like 60 page episode. (laughs) And then I read some books and read screenplays back in the day in New York. I still have like this precious, it has this neon yellow cover and it's the Fargo script. And I remember that day buying it and feeling like, yes, like I'm doing it. And then, you know, no. But then I had met a showrunner through working at Entertainment Weekly who had read some of my stuff and was like, yep, keep going. And then The Seventh Heaven came from that. And then The Secret Life of the American Teenager came from that. And then I went and made a short film thinking it would be so simple. Like I adapted a short story that I wrote. I was writing. I was directing. You know, how could that be difficult? It was the hardest, (laughs) most challenging thing, a great learning experience, but such a reminder of like dealing with the physical world of permits Uh, and shooting at night. And when you're spoiled, when you work in television and it's kind of like, it's not your probably as a lowly staff writer, I'm not organizing anything. But it was doing that process and getting, you know, getting caught, the police showing up. And I thought, oh, if we have a van and it looks professional, and if we have a guy in a security jacket, it kind of looks like we have a right to be here. But yeah, anyway, like that experience made me want to pull up and write a book. And I feel like I, like the way that I write books absolutely comes from the experience in television because it's very get on with it. And the reporter in me also has that get on with it thing. So my early drafts, I don't know about you guys, but like, Oh, here they can have this conversation for, you know, 30 pages, like that scene of Joe and Wonder in the coffee shop. And then I have to be like, okay, asshole, like now you have to make a scene. They can't just, yeah. like I love it. Okay, asshole, talking to yourself. Yes. (laughs) That's will be the name of my writing book. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. That's fantastic. I love that. Oh, my gosh. So you do have this experience in screenwriting, but you are not a writer on the TV show, you. We've had Sarah Gamble on twice. We are big fans, but you're the OG. I mean, you're the creator of Joe, the character. So do you pay attention to what's happening to Joe on Netflix or maybe intentionally? I mean, how can you not? I know. It's crazy to me that that's been the most fucked up thing when I go to procrastinate. There it is. Like yeah. writing this There's book, Joe. people take oh. a break, and I go online. I'm like, leave me alone! Like I'm trying yeah. to like write you, and you're there. And oh my yeah, god, it's like, Joe is stalking you. He's literally stalking. Like, like the, the oh things you never god. imagine happening, you know? Yeah. But I did in season one. I had written you in Hidden Bodies, so Sarah in, invited me in the room, and I wrote an episode, and it was great to be in there. And it was like in that way, it's kind of like when you're done, like I'd written them and I was writing Providence at the time. So it was great. And then when things started going along and I was going to write two new books, I was like, I, some people could go into the TV world 
and then go home and take a shower or like go back into the book. But I'm just not that smart or that like good at compartmentalizing. And also because of how moody book writing makes you, I don't want to bring my book frustration, that. that's part of it, into that room. And just they're like, oh, just for an episode. I'm like, no, I mean, it's because no. I was scared to take time off and wonder if you're going to be able to do it again and get it right with the books. Yeah. When they're in that room every day and they're on a roll and doing their own thing, I'm like, you don't need the author. Like, either you're going to be in there and be a part of it or, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm like, let let them make the show because they're clearly, you know, doing a good job. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They are. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Well, I love it. And I love that they're continuing to kind of go, again, not merging, but, but parallel. And that I got, because I just feel like, how lucky for us as people who want more Joe that we keep getting this. And it never feels like contradictory. It just feels like this is a new Joe thing. And that's another Joe thing. And this is another Joe thing. And oh, yeah, but it does infect a little because yeah. I hear Penn in my head when I'm, you know, like, I just can't help it like that. His voice yeah. when I'm reading too. Yeah, like, no, I feel so spoiled the way I have Santino Fontana doing the audiobooks. And, you know, obviously Penn doing, I'm like, this is like, I don't know. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's spoiling. Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's so much, so much good yeah. stuff. And um, I love that multiverse vibe too. Like that's the EW. Yes. Like, pop culture right. and me. It's just so fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you started writing when you were very young and storytelling. I've heard you tell some stories about it, but I wanted to talk about Sassy Magazine and your first time publishing fiction because I love the story so much. First of all, there's an angel dust overdose at yes. the end. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I wrote yeah. a story called, I just was obsessed with Sassy and like, oh, I was just yes. talking about this was all that every month waiting for it to come out to the point where I grew up in the, in Cape Cod. And once I remember, I was just couldn't wait. And my mom and I drove to Cambridge so I could get it at the newsstand. You know, like, uh. it's, like it was a religion. Yeah. So I wrote the story of, from the perspective of a girl who's dead, who died of an angel dust overdose, mostly because I like the name of that drug. And I yes. feel like I didn't know. I was like 13, I think when I wrote it, you know, did not know what it was or how you did it mm-hmm. and sent it to Sassy and like just in the in a daydream kind of way. And I feel like had their sassy person who was like their avatar. And I loved Christina Kelly. Oh, that was like yes. my hero. I, when I remember when I went to EW years later to work with Dalton Roth, I was like, oh my God, you're married to Christina Kelly. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Really? These are my but, teen dreams. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But they gave me a typewriter and my name was in there and the name of the story it was that was just an absolute dream come true. And they very much did create a monster because it was like the most positive association. Like I wrote this story. I got this typewriter. Like, OK, this yes. is what I'm going to do. But it's cool. Yeah. I mean, when you hand in a first person account from someone dead who was very familiar with angel dust, it'll get you to the office. Uh, <laughs> and it's also I think, when you're young, and when that's what comes out of you, it's just kind of a like, you know, surprise because I was always very like cheery and I don't know. Yes. But yeah, but it was yeah. inside. Uh, and then the same thing happened to my daughter recently. And she was nine years old. She wrote a book or a story and it was a woman wakes up. Oh, she's a spy. It was a spy thriller. And she wakes up hungover. I'm like, do you even know what hungover is? And, oh <laughs> and with a dead body in her bed. And I was like, has she been watching oh, the flight God. attendant oh, with you it. or something? It, what it is did it? sound like that. And I'll tell you, as a parent, it's a, it is both equally disturbing and impressive i was so proud yeah. i mean i was like 
Yes. I actually ha- had a moment where I was like, I should just stop writing because she's ahead of me. And <laughs> But <laughs> I just had a feeling that I don't have these stories from men, but I just feel like it's part in like baked into it is this idea that like women don't have I mean, because it carries on into well into adulthood where you talk to an author and you just the questions are so insidiously like this is your real life right because you couldn't possibly right. make all yeah. of this up mm-hmm. like you couldn't yes. possibly right what do you did you There's feel very like much that? an assumption yeah. and i get it mm-hmm. i feel like because it's almost in our language in our code but even with my people always ask who was this based on who is and I'm, no i made it out like all it's writing, fiction. women writing comes from feelings, you know, and even if you start because of something that happened to you, the creative process, but there's a definite desire yeah. to yeah. be like, yeah. this is her confession yeah. or this is her cry for help. So there is a part early on in the book where Wonder writes a review for Goodreads and Joe is reading it and... In it, she writes, reading is so personal. It's insane that we even try to be objective. Let's get some nuance up in here because no two people read the same book because no two people are the same person. I mean, obviously no two people are the same people or read a book the same way. Corinne and I are living examples of that. And yet some I read that and I was like, oh my God, that is so true. So, you know... And so instead, her answer is to just give everyone five stars, which I love because, you know, she has a tendency to love and, you know, you've done the work. So and I and that's great. And as an author, I bet you wish there were lots of wonders out there. Uh, But I'm curious, like what your relationship is with reviews of your work or what surprised you the most about any of the, quote, inherently subjective responses to your novels? I don't really go on Goodreads, like, unless I have to do something. Because I do believe that, they're like, yeah, that everyone's allowed to love something or hate yeah. it. I agree with people that tagging someone to tell them that you hate something <laughs> is interesting. But it's like, it's part of the internet. You yes. Know? <laughs> right, right. Yes. yes. But yeah, she's speaking Joe's language there mm-hmm. because it goes back to that feeling like Joe feels that he's a little special and a little more sensitive than everyone, and so therefore sees things a little more clearly, he's a little smarter. And I like her having like a less arrogant, psychopathic take on that. <laughs> like he's too secure about his opinion, and she in some ways is almost too insecure, that like she can't even say if she loves something or hated it, because she doesn't want to offend anyone. Right. And I do feel like she has that hyper daughter thing going on mm-hmm. in her. And that's what I liked about rewriting that review 80 times, that it was like, I want to nail that feeling that she is saying something that's kind of true, but it's revealing some subservient or I'm unworthy self idea that like, who was she to give that she's internalized everyone that Boston thing of like, what are you looking at? Who do you think you are? That's in her to the point where she can't say three stars because like, like, if it would be a lovely world, if we all loved everything we saw all the time, but it's not. And I like that sort of like appealing to Joe, but then when he sees that in action, her like her just kind of like I don't know like not also not letting herself be hurt by things so much like when when things happen and don't go her way the way she's so willing to pivot postpone like Mm -hmm. anything other than like hating someone until it boils out and it's emotional and it's like but I liked that I loved that personality of hers of that like inability to say anything not nice. And I think I worked in customer service a lot. And I feel like it's that the customer is always right. Your dad needs you. Your loyalty is to your family. Like all those messages combine. And as a reader, like, yeah, I I, like, I love that. You know, when you read something and you tell someone like, you're going to love it. And they're like, like, what's wrong with (laughs) you? 
that's one. I mean, to me, that is magic. Right. Like I love, I love that we don't all love the same things and that some people like, I love the people, like some people when first reading this book thought of it as a straight up complete romance in the erotic way. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, I see that like the sex and death, like I can understand that mm-hmm. others see it as horror. Like I've always liked hearing like individually from people of how they see something because to yeah. me, that is the magic. Exactly. Like it reminds me, like I went to see, Igby goes down in the theater. Yeah. And I have like this schmaltzy, the Joe part of me that re- like really <laughs> overreacts to songs that make me emotional. Mm-hmm. So do you guys know that movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's, I went to a matinee on a rainy day and then the lights are out. And the end, they do this version of, oh God, take a load off. And, you know, yeah. I, this yeah. just keeps happening. I don't want to sing. I'm sitting there bawling Aww. and the death and the lights go up and everyone around me is laughing and I have mascara all over my face. And I'm thinking we were all just sitting here together. And isn't that when you go to the movies, especially it's what I missed about the movies during shutdown. Like there's nothing like everyone absorbing something at the same time. Yeah. Like, that energy is just fucking amazing. I was like, like if they could yes. have a reading place for that, where like, here is a room where everyone's going to read this book at the same time, the way you do in school when you have to like, yeah. write the teacher's like, 10 minutes. I think I would go to that. Like, I yes. think I would go to that. Fun. I'm but, a theater right? person. Like, so I go, I like live theater. So exactly similar though. Yeah. yeah. I like the energy more yeah. than a movie. I feel like that's even for me. Yeah. Like almost a quiet flash mob of like report to this coffee shop yeah. at one o'clock and, and read page 50 to 60 of this book. That would like, be yes. awesome. And can you yes. start that please? I love that. <laughs> I should, yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. I can do that. I had that experience at the end of Goodwill Hunting. I found it so sad. Everyone was like, oh, it's so hopeful. He's on his way and he's going to go see about a girl and he's driving across country. And I'm like, this is so terrible. They are so damaged. And like, will they get it right? Well, I even think about, yeah, it's Ben Affleck being saying the saddest part of my day is when you're yes. here. Like I was crying at that yes. point. Like, oh my God. Yes, 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 yes. yes. <laughs> well, we talk a lot about astrology on this podcast and we love that you gave Joe your birthday so that we know that you both you and joe are scorpios yes I, that was one of those first book things where first published book you know the, the yeah, books we right. do not speak of exactly. the ones that I wrote before yes them. Like, i was like the same way i lived on bank street i'm like beck is living where i lived i couldn't stop watching pitch perfect so she's watching pitch perfect, perfect. Right. he's work, like he has this bookstore thing i'm doing whatever i can to make myself feel like i have all the business in the world writing this yes. book so it also it just felt like because that voice is like the dark part of me I'm like all right maybe it is a Scorpio thing and if so it just lets me know when his birthday yes. is and and when he's not like acknowledging it yeah because yes. I feel like over the with every book I've written some birthday related thing with him and it never makes it in in the end it feels like maybe someday it'll be part of the story but yeah do you relate to being do you feel like you're a Scorpio yeah 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 <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, like mostly, yeah. Yeah, I was just, I was reading about... A sweet Scorpio. Yeah, well, and no, they say that Scorpios are the most misunderstood sign of the Zodiac. Yeah, and which tracks for Joe, but I think even without that extreme, (laughs) you know, because he thinks he's doing good and he thinks, or not, I mean, not good, but he doesn't think he is just murdering people he thinks he's exactly and I feel like it wouldn't work to me like I wouldn't want to write them if it was just like casual if he didn't feel like the weight of the world was on his shoulders to like be the only one brave enough to fucking do something that's what I like about his like martyrdom of like other people are just gonna look around like Lou I love he's not in the book so much but it's just you know the way you like get a fondness for someone but Lou in the workshop I love the way Lou just you know 
isn't going to get involved. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. no one's gonna care or everyone else is just going to go along with things. And, yeah. and that's like antithetical to Joe and, and everything he, yes. he believes in. He's like, you've got to go for it. But I was looking up some, some qualities of Scorpios, determined, ambitious, jealous, secretive, resentful. Those are definitely Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. I'm like, these are the little things that make me right to get certain things out of my exactly. system. Like, yes. So it's not part of you. It's part of your story. Yeah. Yes. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yep. Getting the secrets out through writing. I, yeah. The darker the side. The secretive thing I think is real. And yeah. that's where like, I feel like I'm never quite good on social media because mm. it does, there's just some bottom line, me and it, like, I feel like I I admire the people who are like, whatever, they're just born that way that they can like casually get it out there. I feel like it's always this like, when every book is coming out, I'm like, here we go. Like, I wonder what things are going to come out of my mouth wrong now yeah, in the words. <laughs> I love that. That is funny because that is, I, I mean, that could be a Scorpio thing, but also Scorpio is ruled by Mars and Air, I'm an Aries and Aries is also ruled by Mars. And it's just like, we're not really into like reflecting on it. It's like going, moving. I got to, you know, like I don't have time to put together a post and, and reveal all these things. I'm just doing something. I'm in my head and I'm doing it. Right. Yes. And then there's like, you could never reveal, like, I don't know the kind of, yeah, it's never going to be what you think it is. Yeah. Yeah. But I just had a astrology reading and this isn't, Oh, Oh, I'm a Leo, but I'm like a million times a Leo. Like my chart is like so disproportionately Leo, but I do have one house that is in Scorpio. I thought I had no water signs and Corinne and I had this whole conversation. I'm like, there's a name for people like me and we have no emotions. And anyway, but this astrologer was, oh, what a moment! yeah, Yeah, but she was focused on my, this particular house in Scorpio. And so she was talking a lot about Scorpios and the secrets. And she said that they will sacrifice themselves the Scorpio rather than let their secret come out mm-hmm. and so and that they have the weakest voice and so it, she was talking about it in contrast to something else that I have in Taurus is like which covers the throat and is loud and your Scorpio is like they like whisper but they they're but they're whispering and secretive and so they really gotta like free them or else and you probably do it through writing because it's just yes. their nature to literally keep keep it dark and Keep undercover. it protective. Yeah, yes. protective. Yes. 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 I love yes. that. Very interesting. Yeah. So, you know what we love? We've just been obsessed with astrology, but we also love to ask our authors things that they're obsessed with. Think maybe something you're reading, something you're watching, a podcast, anything that you're sort of obsessed over that we My might. thing lately, like I just been watching I hadn't watched like a weekly show in a while like a new weekly mm-hmm. show or every Thursday and I loved Alaska Daily oh and okay. it got me, like it's yeah it's Hillary, Hillary Swank, Swank yes okay. yeah investigating like missing women with another reporter and it's just I something about it the newsroom felt real I like all of them and it just ended and I was really upset and it, in the good like it felt good to be upset but in the end of the in the finale, they're all in a bar and it was very like the end. And I don't know if it was coming back. And that was very emotional for me. And like, yeah. yes, so I hope it comes back. We'll see. Or, or maybe it will, but we don't know when, right? That's right. But you yes. also give us so many clues of things that you love. It books at White Lotus, oh. No Country for Old Men, Maria Simple, Charlie and Shock Factory, I've already yes. mentioned. I love all your references mm-hmm. through this book. It was so fun. 
been a dance since the first one that it just, it's one of those things. Like I used to be really self-conscious of my tendency to make those references and short stories and like, think, why do I do this? And with you, I was like, fuck it. This is what I do. Maybe if it's Joe doing it, I won't feel guilty about doing it. It won't be me, the writer. It'll be this character who does it. I noticed with him that I'll reread something in the middle of writing. Oh, and it feels like Joe. And I love the idea of him reading it. And yeah, it was nice today. Brianna Holt is a great essayist and she has a book coming out this month and I've known her for a few years and read her work online and like you know we talked to her over the years was so excited about her book deal so her book is mentioned in this book and yeah and she just got that's it yeah so just very, I'm like, well, they're both being published the same month yeah oh, that's, that's like great. very meta I love that yeah. yeah I love the meta and the timing yeah. of it and things that pop into my head that I love like Maria Semple too I feel oh. like she's like whenever someone says her name it's like all these good bells go off same you know? same same, yes. same and how about do you I don't did you were you in tune with Scandaval? Oh, so I live near. <laughs> oh the my place. god, that's amazing! Like, Which place? Yeah, Swartz so and I, Sandys, or okay, yes. okay. So I'd never been in there. A friend of mine was like, "We're going in!" Like we're going in, and it was great. You know when like there's something that you're not a part of. Like I was, I live for the like thing, the Gwyneth Paltrow ski trial. Oh yeah, like that ate up. Yes. My oh time. yes. Yeah. Like a lot of my time. Yes. Like <laughs> yes, because I love the way it wasn't at all like Law and Order. You know, and you know yeah. it's not going to be, but it's just like a reminder of this shit is slow. Yeah. Oh God. And yeah. This is not Jack McCoy, no, no. but that scandal. The best is now the releasing Ariana's dress from oh, yeah. the reunion. And oh boy, I they're calling nothing. it the revenge. Just it yeah, really but is. Jessica Noel posted that. So I it's, saw that and I was like, I don't know anything about this, but this looks like a revenge dress to me. Yeah. This looks, I love that Jessica posted. Yeah. That. Like because what the favorite sister is one of those books. I'm like, you went into my TV. Yes. I was obsessed with Housewives, Housewives of New York. Mm-hmm. And when that book, I'm like, it's your writing and it's Housewives. <laughs> like this is all together. Like, thank you. Like, yes. exactly. thank you. <laughs> so good. I know. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You and only you is out now. We're so excited to have another Joe novel. Do you know what's ahead for you? I'm going to do the secret of Scorpio thing. Like, okay. Um, all right. Good. Okay. Yeah. There will be more from okay. me. Yes. Good. That's all we want to know. Really? Yes. Amen. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you.